Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. Our cold desert, the ground still damp in a lot of places for a change. The days are noticeably a little bit longer now. In the two weeks since the solstice passed. Passed over once again, praise the Lord. A hymn of praise to Ra. When he riseth in the eastern part of heaven. What year is this? Well, we are in the new one now. The solar year. We are at the beginning of a new solar year. And do not worry, we will get to the lunar year next month. But the solar year began with the passing of the winter solstice, December 21. No astronomy app required, just notice that special day is an especially short one. And afterwards, the days get a little bit longer. Before long, all this rain we've had is going to turn into a beautiful bounty of ragweed but other stuff too good stuff maybe we'll have a good crop of desert dandelions this spring dandelions for the sandy washes and the sandy shoulders of the back roads and ragweed for the house flippers who scrape the lot Wear gloves and a face mask when you're pulling ragweed. That's my pandemic advice for year three of the plague. Or year four, if it's still COVID-19, which stands for 2019. Every era has hard times, every generation faces plagues of disease, of war, of disaster, of overwhelming human nonsense. But there will be good things this year. Wildflowers, perhaps. A beautiful spring, one way or the other. And lots of reasons to find the quietest and least peopled part of the wilderness that you can get to. Because you're going to need it. Maybe this is the year... When you find out just how much you need it.
for the open range and the open road have been haunted by shapes of white, dazzling color dropping down from a sea of stars.
Are you familiar with the Hornet spook light up near Joplin, Missouri? I tried to see it. I tried to see it when I had some shows in Illinois. I had time and I drove around trying to find a place to park. And for whatever reason, people kept coming out and like running me off. Real weird. There must have yeah. been, but there were people that were just kind of watching. Maybe, maybe they were, I don't know. I fortunately got to go out there one time when it was about three or four in the morning. We were coming back from, I believe, Kansas City and heading down towards Tulsa or somewhere. So we came through at an odd hour and we had uh, Grant's sister that lives out that direction meet up with us and they drove us out to it. And it's it's fascinating, like the monsters in the paper. Once people really can't explain things and they move on, I think several of us that aren't the, you'll get to that part of the math equation later type people, you know, we will be constantly confused by our reality not matching up with what everybody else says. They can't figure out that, the Marshall Lights, you know. Tell tell so, tell us what the experience was like when you were there and, and what you saw and how it appeared, etc. Um, it started off it, off in the distance, way over the hill, and it was one of those things where Grant's really familiar with it, said believe that was it. And it looks unremarkable at first, and you and you just you think, no, that's that's a street light, that's just uh, a car, and you keep advancing towards it, and it gets brighter and brighter, starts to move and dance, and it became illuminated by a more of a red halo and a sparkle. And then one of the times when you clear the hill, getting closer to it, it's just gone. We turn around and start heading back, and each time you think. It's, it's just not going to be there. And now when, when you're leaving where you believe it was, you think, well, it can't be there now. There's just nothing here. And then sure enough, you get a couple of hills away and it looks like a train popped over the hill at us. And it, it changes a lot. So your, your experience with it sometimes will be bright. Sometimes it'll move and dance. Sometimes it'll flicker and pulse. Sometimes it'll be more blue. To me, it had more of a reddish orange glow this night and a bit of a dance back and forth to it but it was it was bizarre and it was it was there the whole time we drove towards it and disappeared and then at the whole time we left it was there again so i i need to try again it was uh it was probably not the, the optimal time for whatever reason who knows I, i'll go back the middle of the night is what i have to do next yeah. time this is desert oracle radio and i'm your host ken lane Joining me on the telephone is Jason Boland from Jason Boland and the Stragglers. Their new record, the widely acclaimed concept album, The Light Saw Me, was released this month. And they've been on the road playing live, including their debut at the Grand Old Opry on Pearl Harbor Day with a December 7th. Welcome to the program, Jason. Thanks for having me. I haven't seen you in the flesh since the studio in Los Angeles. Yes, it's the infamous recording of the album. Our our meeting out there was borderline cosmic, as we like to say. It was all the stars lined up, and we were happy you wanted to help us out with it. Now, this new record, The Light Saw Me, is what it's called. Written up in Spin, I saw it in Flood, Uncut. Uncut is the, the Record Fanatics magazine. Texas Monthly did a real nice feature. American songwriter, every area of music press seemed to recognize 
what you did here. I think people were ready for something that is different than what everybody's releasing right now, which is streams, smaller albums, and less conceptual things. So I think, or less conceptual projects, it stands out a little bit. We got what we were going for right down to when it worked out with you. I had told myself that I was putting off addressing the narrator that this album needed. It seemed like it was too late, but I always had just thought, well, we're probably just going to fly you in anyway, you know. It will, this, this won't be a, a live jazz riff that we got to witness. And then for it to work out for you to be in town the next day, I had told you it was about a project about the unifying concept of light and its transformative experience on people, their moment with destiny. And you came in and we let the music roll. That's all one take. It was wonderful. I wish you could have seen all the goosebumps in the engineering room when that music was jamming and you were doing your read. It was great. Yeah, that was the way to do it. The narrative is the shared obsession we have in life now, Jason. And that's the, the illumination that occurs so often in the lives of, of interesting people, saints and inventors and prophets. And for a lot of them, is it's literal. It's a beam or a flash of light. Uh, in the case of Philip K. Dick's visions, it was a beam of light that was full of information in the early 1970s. And it can have the ability to transform a person right then and there. After my own encounter on Highway 395 up in the Eastern Sierra, which was 20 years ago now, I started finding these incidents in unlikely places and unlikely lives, including in the lives of songwriters, and country musicians, and folk singers, people who deal in mysterious stuff, the old things that keep reappearing in new guises. Merle Haggard is in a small plane flying over Point Conception with two or three people in the cabin. Point Conception is a mystical dividing line between Northern and Southern California, where the Chumash have done these ceremonies and rituals over the whirlpools where the cold and warm waters meet there for centuries. Haggard's plane cabin gets completely filled with light, full illumination, daylight. And they get on the radio, do we have any traffic over us up here? No, it's all clear. It's all yours. Clear skies. And the thing is there with them for a while, pacing the plane. And then it just shuts off like a switch. And then Bob Dylan had one of those in his house in Malibu around the time of his uh, Christian conversion. He's already studied with his group of kind of hippie evangelicals. It would be very difficult to not equate that with Saul on the road to Damascus when he was blinded by lights that come out of the sky. In the story that you put together here, you're adding a real interesting chapter to this. What sort of brought you into this? When it plays out with uh, what we're referencing with the type of conversions and the experience people have with light, I think a lot of times people have trouble squaring their beliefs with what they see and having something that happens outside of the rigid dogma of a belief system you've been given somehow might free you into not feeling like you always have to follow this constant set of rules that's going to make you succeed or not succeed and maybe that's what helps those folks along the path of truly pursuing their dreams a bit more fearlessly than some other people that are 
still chained up with whatever they've been told all their lives by a bunch of people that were trying to figure it out as they went as well. Within this album and our band, I think from the get-go, bands always talk about the, that blank album that we're going to do someday and fill in the the blank there being a concept album or a rock album if you're a country band and vice versa or some form of rock opera or when uh, two or three songs started to tie together uh, namely the light saw me and the terrifying nature the light saw me the guitar riff just felt like a guy going fishing and um because of some certain radio shows and podcasts and uh, John Keel books I was reading at the time. The fishermen saw a light in the sky and the voice in terrifying nature started to talk about that person and their experience. I heard you talking with Shooter Jennings, who produced the record, that the moon and the fishing thing just sort of like popped in, into your mind and then that ended up being the introduction to this really wild story of uh, of someone being taken out in nature. I want to ask you if you've heard about a case. Have you heard about the Pascagoula abduction? No, I have not. Oh, you're going to love this. October 11, 1973. These uh, two old boys, Charlie Hickson and Calvin Parker, are fishing on the Pascagoula River right outside the naval shipyards there. They see a blue light. And it comes in. And it turns into a craft floating thing. And these two enormous lobster claw-handed furry robots come out and levitate these guys into the thing and do all sorts of terrible things to them and drop them off afterwards in the mud. And they were fishing. I remember this because it happened, it broke on the news on my birthday. I was eight years old in New Orleans, and it was all over the local news with these drawings of these things. Furbots. Furbots. So they were they were mechanical and biological. God knows. But they were horrific. It was the scariest thing I ever saw, and the same newscasters that give you your hurricane and crime reports, which was all local news was, and inflation, I think that was the other story uh kind of the same same thing as now i guess yeah uh, yeah comes the, around. the great circle of, of media content and i remember staring at that tv and watching my parents and my grandmother who lived with us just kind of going about their business and thinking does anyone else see this because do you not see the fur box <laughs> they're right there they're right there we're it going on inflation your inflation is probably caused by these the furbots and government spending right outside the naval shipyard. Yeah, trying right? to keep up because they got to be a threat. Because they can pop that's right. consciousness and light years, you know, they probably want some gas or something, you know. That usually tends to get people riled up. Yeah, yeah, that's they were the cause of the, the gas lines and the fuel crisis. It yeah. scared the hell out of me. I had nightmares about those things for a long time, and then they just faded off, like so many local oddities do. And these old boys, they were not looking for any publicity. They went to the police station because they were scared to death three hours after it happened. And the cops, being cops, didn't believe them, turned on the tape recorder in the room, but didn't tell them, figuring they'll catch him in a lie and kick him out. Sure. And the conversation is just chilling, unable to make any sense of it. 
And then the cops go and release the stuff to the media without the guy's permission. And so it got out. Of course, after that, the guys are called drunks and dumb Southerners or whatever was the usual way to minimize the experience that these people had. They were fishing. It was one of the things when I was listening to The Light Saw Me and Ain't the Moon Shining Through the Trees, it just brought back that whole dread. I I think for a lot of people who go out camping and spending time outside and have an interest in this kind of esoteric stuff, even though they're rooted in, in our regular world, our normal reality, there's something extremely wrong when you start seeing a light of moon brightness coming from where the moon is. Sure.
way does Isaac across the great Mojave wilderness. This is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Joshua Tree. Maybe you're listening in or around Joshua Tree tonight on KCDZ FM or on KZMU in Moab, Castle Valley. Our Valley 104.9 up in Twin Peaks country. Or KFCF in Fresno. Wherever you are listening, there's a coyote not too far away from you right now. You're in good company. And it was sure good to meet so many of you on the Desert Oracle Radio Tour. Nice to get out for a few weeks just before the door slammed shut again and now it's time to get back to all these projects I cannot keep up with. The magazine that's nearly done but somehow never done. The weekly radio shows Death and Taxes. This show is supported by listeners like you, as they say on the radio, and you can join the effort at patreon.com forward slash desert oracle or go to desertoracle.com. Oh, and our paperback is out, Desert Oracle Volume 1 from Picador Books. And there's a Spanish language edition out now, too, from Melisina Editions in Spain. Oraculo del Desierto, available wherever you buy books. Thanks to Jason Bolin from Jason Boland and the Stragglers for joining us to talk about weird stuff and his new album, The Light Saw Me. We'll put more of the conversation with Jason on the Patreon, by the way. Thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the soundscapes tonight. And thanks to you for listening. Happy New Year if you want it. Keep your eyes open for critters on the road, please. And good night from the voice of the desert.